What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome. This is Wacky Wednesday here on the Arrowhead Attic channel. I'm Adam Best, here with the golden voice of Sterling Holmes and, of course, the magnificent producer Richard doing his thing behind the scenes. How you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, very, very good. Besides my back. I am 29 now, and I played basketball last night at 930, which is a very late game. I'm normally in bed with a bourbon reading a book at that time, and I woke up and everything hurts. My back is in shambles. I, I need to realize the second you get throw pillows in your house, you got to probably stop playing sports because you're getting too old. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm about 15 years your senior, and uh, I know from experience back issues aren't fun. You are in shambles, but the Chicago Bears are probably in shambles more than you are. We will get to everything that's going on in the Windy City. It's kind of a shitstorm today. So we've got a packed show with a great guest that will help us break down what's going on with the Bears. We'll also talk a little Trent McDuffie. I'm excited about that. Then Sterling and I will play our favorite game. Well, one of our favorite games, the Kansas City stock market. But before we get into all that fun stuff, a little bit of business. DraftKings has upped their sign-up offer to kick off football season. New users can place a $5 first bet to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets, plus up to $150 back in bonus bets if your team loses. All you have to do is sign up with our code Arrowhead. Using our code Arrowhead not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use code Arrowhead to maximize your first bets. This offer is available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. We're going to switch it up a little bit this week and start with Hot Take Kingdom. I know you're ready for Hot Take Kingdom. I am ready for Hot Hot Take Kingdom. This week's Hot Take Kingdom is Trent McDuffie is the top corner Kansas City has had since Dale Carter, and he's already the second best player on the defense. Welcome to the kingdom. Before I get hate email, I want to preface this by saying that uh, this is not a slight for the other guys. Nick Bolton is a phenomenal player and leader, but in the era of out of structure QBs, RPOs, spread out offense, linebacker has been devalued, in my opinion. It's not a premium position like in the era of Mike Singletary or even Ray Lewis. Now, the other player that's in consideration here, LeJarius Sneed. Also a tremendous player. I'm a big fan of his, as you all know, but there are a few reasons why I now prefer McDuffie. So let's just jump in and compare the two. Sneed is an instinctual blitzer. Guess what? So is McDuffie. Sneed is a great tackler. Guess what? So is McDuffie. Sneed can play the slot. You're seeing a pattern here. Most of the stuff that Legarius can do, McDuffie can also do. The one thing Sneed has on McDuffie is length, but, I believe McDuffie's elite movement skills. I'm talking the feet, hip fluidity, spatial awareness, 
the, the closing ability. We saw that on several occasions against the Jaguars once in the end zone on Zay Jones, where I thought for sure he was going to get picked coming across the field. I thought it was an easy touchdown for Zay Jones. Nope. McDuffie closed hard. Another example was a pass deflection on Christian Kirk out of the slot, doing an out Uh, just really impressed. And if you think about how many games he's played, he's really just now only played a season. He's played in 16 games. One of them he got hurt in. So for him to already be PFF's fifth graded corner on the season and grading out as their third best blitzing defensive back, including safeties, to me, that's unreal. And think back to the halfway point last season. The Chiefs were struggling on defense during the first half of the year. That happens a lot. Did they struggle the second half of the season? We saw in stuff like DVOA and success rate, they did not. They really spiked and Previously, I attributed a lot of that to Steve Spagnuolo, and I still do attribute some of that to Spags. But given that McDuffie is also in the lineup at the start of this season, and that that uh, defensive, I don't want to say dominance, but um, you know, they're they're in, they're an ascending defense, inching towards being one of the better units in the league, and I think he is is kind of one constant in those in those two unexpected developments he puts them over the top you're starting to see why the chiefs traded up in the draft to acquire his talents beating buffalo to the punch and that's why on, on draft night buffalo was so heartbroken and uh they got stuck with Kyer Elam a guy that's not even really playing for them so I'll finish this off by saying McDuffie to me has an all pro ceiling i'm confident saying that now I'm, and I'm not going to say that he's going to be better than Sauce Gardner or Jalen Ramsey or even Patrick Sertain, but he he has the upside to join that tier, and I think it's going to happen. So, Sterling, you've heard my case. Wanted to rip through it and uh, you know give you your chance at the table. Are you coming into the kingdom or are you staying outside of the castle walls? Let me start first with the, I guess, second part of the hot take kingdom equation here, which is the second best player on the defense that I will get behind. And I will agree with, uh, I actually think he's more important at this current moment than Legereus Sneed. I really like Legereus Sneed. And again, this is not a slight on anyone else in the defense. Chris Jones is clearly number one, but, but when it comes down to it, and I love Nick Bolton, love, love, love Nick Bolton. Cornerback is a little bit more of a impactful position in today's current NFL landscape. And Trim McDuffie is playing, as you mentioned, at a Pro Bowl level. Now, the issue, I don't think he's going to be Sauce Gardner. I don't think he's going to be as good as Christian Gonzalez down there in New England. But that's not a knock against Trent McDuffie. I think McDuffie, as you mentioned, is a very instinctual player. I I mentioned it actually last year. What always impressed me with with McDuffie was he plays like a veteran as a rookie, using the the sideline as his friend, knowing what he can and can't get away with. Trent McDuffie, I always thought, is wise beyond his years as far as he's only, as you mentioned, entering his sophomore season, yet to play a legit full season in the NFL and already looks this good. 
So I'm content saying he's actually the second most impactful and most important player on this Chiefs defense. What I can't get behind is saying he is the best corner since Dale Carter. That is where I have my hold up here. I'm glad you mentioned Dale Carter because it always feels like Dale Carter gets thrown under the rug. A, a loss-remembered great cornerback for Kansas City. It's very funny. We talk about all the history of the Chiefs defensive players. Dale Carter, who uh, seems to always fall through the cracks. Thank you for bringing Yeah, yeah put him in the uh... – um, I don't know what they're calling it. Are they, they're not calling it the Ring of Honor anymore, are they? They're calling it something else. The Hall of Honor, the 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 Ring of Fame, uh, the Burning Ring of Fire. He went down, 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 and those flames, like you see right here in the bottom of our screen, went higher, higher, higher. Uh, what I will say is, Trim McDuffie better than Marcus Peters. Is Trim McDuffie better than? I think Brandon Flowers has a legit case. I think Brandon Flowers, I would take over Brandon Carr. Um, this is not a knock against McDuffie, but we haven't seen a full season from him yet. Potential, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll get behind you all day. But when it comes to what he's currently done, I don't know if I can get behind saying he is better. The top corner, when Marcus Peters was damn good here. I mean, he was right. really, really good here in Kansas City. Um, Brandon Flowers was really, really good here in Kansas City. And, oh, yeah, a, a guy who I consistently think uh, is underrated, perpetually underrated, Traverius Ward. Yes, yeah, is, is, like, is he already better than Traverius Ward? I mean, I, 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 know I, think he, he, I think he is better than Traverius Ward because Traverius Ward has some of the same issues that LeJarius Sneed has. I, I don't think he's a guy that can stay with Justin Jefferson. I think potentially Trent McDuffie has the wiggle and just the movement ability and the anticipation and the intelligence to stay with someone. Like, no one's going to stop Justin Jefferson. But he is a player that I think his style is going to make him an ultra-rare, consistent corner. That is why I think he has the, the upside to be better than Marcus Peters. Because Marcus Peters was a gambler. He he was a little, he's a little bit of a roller coaster, like a lot of corners are. He's very up and down. I think McDuffie is going to just be a rock solid player for the next five or six years. And to get that at the cornerback position, it hardly ever happens. And he's just that special of a player. Hot Take Kingdom is all about getting in front of these predictions. So I am going out on a little bit of a ledge. But I feel pretty good about it because you've seen Marcus Peters throughout his career be kind of Jekyll and Hyde-ish, yeah. right? Some, like one week, he'll look like the best corner in the league. The next week, he'll look like the worst. And McDuffie is never, ever going to be that guy. Yeah. Um, what, what I will say is I see Joshua Clayton. Appreciate you being here. His Ward was a walking penalty. He was for a little bit. And then he actually settled down in Traverius Ward's case. His final year in Kansas City actually only had three penalties against him. That is pretty damn incredible for a top-of-the-line cornerback going up against a lot of – and it's an outside corner, right? That's in a spag up, system. Spag, in a spag physical man-to-man system. Yeah. I, I, three there. He only had five last year for San Francisco. Um Again, I, I, I think I'm always going to be higher on Chivarius Ward than, than the majority of people, which is fine. It's okay that we all have our disagreements. Um, I think McDuffie has a, a much higher upside, just, just based on what we have seen so far. Um, man. We're going to have to I, saw you in half. And, and take half of you in the kingdom and half of you outside. Yeah, you, which half do you get? Is it like down the, the line, 
this way or is it going to be parallel or perpendicular? You know, do you get the left side, the right side, or do you get the top half or the bottom half? I don't know that we want your back the way that it's feeling. No, you don't want my back, but you're going to get it probably either way. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, but I will say, and I see this in the chat right here, I, what is going to potentially hold McDuffie back, not in the eyes of Chiefs Kingdom, because we see him week in and week out. What's going to hurt McDuffie in the all-pro votes, in the Pro Bowl votes, in the national media votes, it's going to be the lack of interceptions. It's going to be the lack of, of turnovers. We, we see how much that sways the media and just fan bases in general. Um, Trayvon Diggs, for example, you know, Trayvon Diggs is a boomer bust type of player. He was very good turning the ball over his rookie year in Dallas. He took a step back a couple a couple seasons, but yet he's still known as, oh, he's the top of the NFL because look at all the interceptions he gets. You know, Marcus Peters, to an extent, when he left, had a little bit of that as well. He was getting right. when he went to the Ravens a little bit, burnt obviously in L.A., but people kept saying, well, it's not too bad because he still gets a lot of interceptions. You know, I think people get so focused on that that actually might hurt McDuffie because that's not the way he plays. No, and I think this happens a lot in the NFL, like Devin White, who I don't think is that good of a player, but he's a splashy player uh, who really pops when you watch him. So you see the time that he completely destroys a play and looks like the most athletic player in the field. You don't see the four or five times when he screws up and, and penalizes his own defense. Also, here in Kansas City, one of the reasons why I'm not super high on Chris Jones winning the defensive player of the year, you play in the shadow of not only Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, you play in the shadow of Andy Reid too. So it, 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 it's hard to give someone like Trent McDuffie the credit because, he, because he's kind of waiting in line behind those superstars. Uh, but also the Chiefs get a lot of exposure. So if he does happen to come up with a half dozen picks, maybe his name rings out a little louder Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We have a guest that's now with us and ready to come on the show. An old friend of ours, Mark Carmen, here to talk to us about the Bears. Mark, how are you? 
Adam Sterling, appreciate the opportunity to be back in the fan-sided family. And uh, I don't know if you're planning was to schedule this on the day that the Bears defensive coordinator resigned for personal and health issues. The quarterback spoke out today about uh, the coaching that he's receiving that he's not in favor of and then trying to walk <laughs> that back in the afternoon and the left tackle might be done for the rest of the year. So just be happy you're 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 not a Bears fan because it is uh it is a disaster over here. So thanks for having me. Yeah, <laughs> let's start actually. It's foresight, baby. That's with, all foresight. There with, it is, Sterling. With Bears defensive coordinator Alan Williams, who you mentioned, he has resigned and rumors are swirling about an FBI raid. I haven't been able to like validate any of those, but it's a very bad situation. What can you tell us about this fiasco? So the, the Bears have denied there was any raid. I, I had heard that, uh, and there were some wild reports out there, that they had raided his home. His lawyer is speaking on the radio this afternoon saying that there is no legal issue whatsoever involved with Alan Williams. This is a personal and health reasons. And who knows what's going on? And anything you say right now feels a little bit dangerous because I don't know the man personally, but I'll just say this. My dealings with Alan Williams, first-class dude, professional, likable, straight down the middle. Alan Williams, if I had a daughter and Alan Williams wanted to date her, I mean, like, I, you know, from what I knew about him, I would have, no, like, no issues whatsoever. So this is stunning what's happened. And, I, you know, Albert Breer from SI had a tweet out there saying, like, that Bears coaches are stunned, which which is in completely in line with how I'm seeing this because it's like this does not add up to at all uh, the guy that was in there. So, but uh, and and the Bears didn't didn't terminate him. He they allowed him to resign, and he also put out there that he wants to coach again. So now will somebody hire him to coach again? That's you know I don't no one knows the answer to that, uh, and I'm not saying this is a great situation, but. I think some of the wild stuff out there is is indeed just that. Um, and this is more of a, uh, what they're saying, health, personal issues. Um, and and I, it, it just feels a, a lot more accurate to what how I would guess it of what's going on here. And again, at the same time, like I didn't think that Alan Williams was going to have health and personal issues and leave the Bears going into week three. That's that's just it's just it's a wild development. So it sounds like we need to pump the brakes and wait for everything to come out. Uh, until it does, we have six questions for you. So let's crack open that six pack. You mentioned it coming in. Quarterback Justin Fields, he's struggling. And it seems to be because the Bears aren't leaning into design runs. And that has probably upset him. There's a little drama between him and the coaching staff. Will that cause him to be the squeaky wheel that gets some grease? How is this going to go down this weekend, you think? This is one of the most interesting games of the Justin Fields era coming up on Sunday. Uh, the Bears have nothing to lose. They're not as good as the Chiefs. Everybody knows that. Two touchdown underdog, the whole thing. He's putting out there today that he's got to play free. He's got to be himself. So whatever, I haven't looked at the number but whatever the over-under on rushing is, I would take the over. And I've done that, by the way, the first two weeks and lost. So <laughs> let's, let's, let's put that in there, too. But I think this guy's going to be taken off big time. And I think it's going to look a whole lot different. Um, so, look, Justin Fields right now, let's call it what it is. He's fighting for his NFL life. 
This is a is a guy in his third year who's five and twenty three, uh, or whatever his record is at this point. I, I it's all piling up here. That's lost twelve games in a row. That has gotten worse, significantly worse from where he was at week seven to ten last year. So whatever button that can be pushed by Luke Getzey or or Fields pushing it himself. Uh, I, I think you're 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 going to see a different looking guy this week than you saw at least for the first two weeks of this season. Well, this happened last year too, though, right? He kind of started slow, and they weren't running him enough, and then they kind of fixed it. And you mentioned that he's fighting for his NFL life with DJ Moore, who we'll get to in a second. Isn't he kind of out of excuses? He has less excuses, Adam. That's for sure. Uh, you know, there's. 8,000 YouTube channels seemingly right now just underlining, that guy's wide open and he didn't see him. That dude's (laughs) wide open, he missed him too. Tight ends there, there's the back. And when we talk to Bears players on the record, off the record, there's a lot of them say, well, it looks like that, but really that was a tough throw for him because of of this. There's a lot of people backing him. He he certainly hasn't lost the respect of his teammates. Um, But... To your question, yes, running out of excuses, more talent around him, much more talent around him. That offensive line is still a little wobbly, but there is more talent there for sure, starting with DJ Moore, who they traded their number one draft pick for. Obviously, they got a bunch of draft picks. Number Carolina's number one next year at the top of it as well, but they made that trade because of DJ Moore. I really want to get your thoughts on this. The Ravens have done a great job with Lamar Jackson catering to what he does best. Now, I will say I think Lamar Jackson has a much better arm than he gets credit for. I think Lamar Jackson's better arm than Justin Fields. But the Ravens still cater the offense to what he does best. Yet the Bears are trying to make Justin Fields into a drop back passer, acting like he is Justin Herbert, like he's Tom Brady. And it makes no sense. Why is there such a disconnect between the Bears and Justin Fields in general? And by the way, when he said, you know, he's being robotic, quite frankly, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I bet the Bears wish he was being robotic because him being him is not working out for Chicago. That's a, that's a, you're the first person that has said it like that. Sterling. That's that's actually a kind of a fun way of looking at it. But look, I mean, Luke Etsy's coming from, from Green Bay, right? He just sat there with Aaron Rodgers and that's what he knows. So they – Look, Fields, they switched his footwork up, left foot forward, right foot back, right foot forward, left foot back. Major change. Major change for a quarterback. Now, why would you do that? Because, well, that's the way Rodgers did it. That's the way Brady did it back in the day. So they're trying to get him to play in this box. And that, by the way, is what Matt Nagy did here with with Mitchell Trubisky, which was just criminal because he's not going to play the way you want him to play in your offense. You have to, you got like bring out the best in him. And the Bears, excuse me, the Bears did that for from from week seven to ten last year. So they found it, which is like amazing. You were able to do it, and then you just decided you don't want to do it anymore. So my take on it was like that NFL defenses adjusted, and you couldn't do that anymore. But I think I'm wrong because they're not even trying to do it. You know, so that's amazing to me. And and I get it. Like at the end of it, I mean, he's lying on the ground in Atlanta and his shoulder is hurt and he's exhausted and he's cramping. And they're probably looking at it like he's not going to be able to sustain this style of play. But that doesn't matter. He can't do it the other way. So you have to let him do that in some maybe not full on 
run every down, but he's got to have that freedom because otherwise he's just not going to be successful. Yeah, it's like Cam Newton, where Cam Newton eventually is not going to play as long as Brady or Rodgers, but he right. also had that peak where it made it worth it for him. Uh, going back to DJ Moore, obviously that was the big signing, the big uh, news for Chicago's offense. Hey, DJ Moore, DJ Moore. So far, how has that pairing looked for Chicago? How do you think it plays out over the full season? Is he going to be able to uh, elevate fields in his offense enough to make a big difference? Uh in training camp, it looked incredible. Ball, ball to DJ, ball to DJ, ball to DJ. I mean, they, it's like, oh, he's finally got a security blanket. This is a huge development, and they have a true number one. Going into the season, first week he gets two targets, makes two catches, and you're left scratching your head. Now, last week, you know, he catches six balls. He goes over 100 yards. It looks a whole lot better. I would assume that this is going to continue to look better and better and better. DJ Moore is just too good at his job. You know, he's played with 8,000 quarterbacks in Carolina, three last year, none of them who are any good. You would think that these two would find their way to having just a really, really solid connection where you can count on DJ Moore for eight to ten catches a game. Like, I don't think that's that, that's that unreasonable. Maybe, maybe I'll dial it back a second, six to eight, whatever. Uh, th- that, that should be happening. He knows how to set up cornerbacks. He's, he's he, at fields – as he's getting more comfortable here, you would think he just let me dial in on this guy and and use him because that that's the best thing he's got going for himself. He needs to do what Matt Stafford does, just sure phone in. I just 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 really get it. I mean, obviously Cooper Cup and Calvin Johnson were a little different, but he's also doing with Puka Nakua, uh, a dude whose name I struggle to say, and he's finding a way to say, "Hey, that's my first read. If he's open, I'm going to throw it to him. I don't care about anything else right now." You know, I think it feels that with DJ Moore, the offense would be at least a little better. Target funnel. Look at what happens in Buffalo. Look at Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. I mean, he just throws to him nonstop. Let's talk about the other aspect of this running game. So Khalil Herbert was actually PFF's highest graded bear last week, uh, coming in at an even 84. I'm impressed by him. I'm also impressed by the rookie Roshan Johnson. Do you think the game plan for Chicago has to be just come in, pound the ball, keep Patrick Mahomes off the field? Yeah, that's the only chance they have to hang in this. And by the way, the Bears need to hang in this. If they get blown out, it looks so bad for Matt Eberflus. Like you cannot, you cannot walk out of there forty-eight to ten loser, zero and two. Like you play a competitive game, you you lose 31-23, something of that ilk. Okay, you're in it. You covered. Not that anybody really cares, but at least you, you know, at least you're moving it forward. And I think, you know, Adam, to your, what's your teeing up here, run the football with Fields, with Herbert, with Roshan. They love Roshan Johnson. It's a major feather in the cap of Ryan Poles as a fourth round pick back up to Bijan. They were able to identify somebody that's the second time who didn't get the opportunity that he didn't necessarily deserve. He would have had it a bunch of other colleges but he's not going to have it behind Bijan, who's setting the world on fire already. Reminiscent so of uh, Aram Priest Holmes, who sat go. behind Ricky Williams at the same at the same college, right? Right, and then so and and with running backs, there's there's a lot, a lot of situations where well, he's not going to get as as much of an opportunity. But let, let's look at the talent. And Roshan runs incredibly hard, and he also is a, an excellent blocker, which is what Khalil doesn't do well. But people like Khalil Herbert, sixth round pick. 
Dude averaged 5.7 yards per carry last year. That was the most in the NFL. It's not real sexy the way he does it, but he's got a great feel for the game. And a lot of times, if you look at, you know, go back and watch last week's game against the Bucs, he is walled in. There's not a lot of room. And somehow he slithers his way to a first down. There was a lot of really nice running by Herbert. So, I mean, this is their strength. Fields, Herbert, Roshan, and then hit DJ as much as possible. And if you can sprinkle in some Cole Komet, maybe you can – I mean, the Chiefs defense is, you know, at a a peak right now. But, like, maybe you can at least have some sustained drives and and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. When it comes to the offensive line, I was so high on Darnell Wright coming out of Tennessee. I I wanted the Chiefs so badly to trade up and try and snag Darnell. He went earlier than I expected and went to the Bears, and I was actually pretty thrilled for the Bears by snagging him. I like Braxton Jones, a little underrated left tackle in the NFL, right? He was a rookie last year, if I'm not mistaken, and played better than I think a lot of people were giving credence to. Well, now he's on the IR, as we mentioned. He might miss the rest of the season. How is his offensive line going to handle the pass rush of Chris Jones? How has the offensive line handled the first two games so far, right? They've tried to retool this. Who's more to blame, the offensive line or Justin Fields? It's a combination. He's had time, plenty of time, Sterling. But this is a disaster. Uh, and Braxton's picked up a couple penalties this year, you know, three in two games, that he, which did not happen last season. So he was so a little bit of a rough start. But he's also – they were trusting him a lot more, putting him more on an island than they did last year. He was getting less help. So losing him, the Bears just don't have a lot of depth there, period. So now you're, you have a guy who played both left tackle and right tackle at Tennessee, right? But he was a better right tackle. He's a rookie. He's two games in. Are you going to move him right now to left tackle? That is asking a lot. So I don't think they're going to do it, but they, he, you know, gets, or Matt Eberflus today said, like, we don't want to move him, but we're talking about it, which that's about as honest as Eberflus will ever get with something like that. So, the backup is Larry Borum. He is as mediocre as mediocre comes. This is the guy that's protecting the backside of your quarterback, who is your franchise. This is not good. Jatiri Carter is a young uh, guy who hasn't got much of an opportunity, but got in at right guard last week and did well. He's a candidate. Uh, the Chiefs are going to feast. They're going to feast, which is another reason why you got to run the ball. Yes, yeah, Fields. Yeah. Through two weeks, he's been pressured on 40, uh, 47% of his dropbacks. Is that which, good? Yeah. <laughs> he just holds on to the ball way too long. And Chris Jones last week beat up on a rookie tackle, Anton Harrison. He had the best uh, pass rush win rate in the league. He already looks like he's in midseason form. And the strength of Chris Jones is they will put him, they'll move him around the defensive line until they find the weak spot. And uh, who do you think that weak spot is? Do you think it's it's now whoever is over there at left tackle? Uh, pick a spot, any spot right now, honestly. <laughs> Lucas, Pat, Lucas Patrick uh, is rough at center. And, you know, over here, over there. Uh, you want to line him up over Cody Whitehair, a fading guard? You can do that. You want to line him up outside against whoever the Bears are going to play a left tackle? You could do that. You know, they're 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 the over on Chris Jones sacks is what. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. Uh, (laughs) And and I say all this, too, by the way, the the Bears O-line has not been as bad as the numbers say, because to your you know what you guys are saying, Fields is holding on to the ball too long. The ball has got to come out. So I'm not saying that they're 
uh, that this line has any chance to be elite. But when Jones, when Braxton Jones was in there, capable, capable, uh, but with good quarterback play. And in the first two games this year, they just it's been uneven at best. Give us some X factors. Give us some X factors offensively, defensively for the Bears that maybe Chiefs fans don't don't know. I'm not DJ Moore, right? Don't give me DJ Moore, Justin Fields offensively and defensively. Give me a guy that you think might step up big for Chicago. Okay, so if 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 the Bears somehow are competitive in this game, Robert Tunyon hasn't had a catch all season. Robert Tunyon in the preseason and training camp, he was catching a lot of balls from Fields. Robert Tunyon's got great hands. Somehow, somebody's got to give a boost here. So there's one guy that has done nothing that could be – I mean, X-Factor might be a little bit too tall. But I would – I at some point, I would like to think that that connection will develop. And the other side of it is, you know, a little more obvious. Uh, Chase Claypool finally caught his first touchdown pass as a bear. Can, can, they, can they build on that? Uh, you know, half the time the guy doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. And it's, it's absolute – nightmare of a trade for Ryan Poles. Just uh, if you were going to grade it, the, the grade would be F minus. But there is talent there. That's the, your biggest body. You did find him in the end zone last week. Can they build on it and, and actually use him for what you gave up a second round pick, which turned into the 32nd pick, actually 31st pick overall uh, be, with uh, draft pick being forfeited and, and the Bears being the worst team in the NFL last year, which and if they lose out here, guys, if they lose all 17, they'll set an NFL record. They'll pass the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, the expansion Bucks, 76-77. So, you know, I why, at, at some point it's going to be go for it. <laughs> you know, they, they've got the Panthers pick. They've got their own pick. If, it, if, we, if this thing keeps on going the way it's going right now, I'll be screaming for it. Caleb Williams, right? Caleb Williams and Give Marvin Harrison Jr. and let's let's re, let's let's reset the whole damn thing. By the way, they need you know they're going to need a three tech too. So I, I don't know who that is. I'll have to maybe maybe you guys do whoever that would be. They need that guy too. Well, Ryan Poles might be interested in uh, Chris Jones. I'm not sure he's going to be back. And uh, you know well, maybe maybe the two front offices can work out a, a tag and trade. We're getting ahead yeah. of ourselves, but I, I have thought about it. No, well, that was a funny one, though. Like, oh, he's, Chris Jones is in signing. What about the Bears? Like, the Bears aren't one player away. They're not trading for Chris Jones. No way that that's going to line up right now. In the offseason, I still – I mean, I don't know. Would you give a first-round draft pick uh, and to get him over here? And you got so many needs, I still wouldn't do it. But, you, but I know that guy's a difference maker times 10, so maybe you would. The, the most enthusiastic and happy Carm sounded was the possibility of them going 0-17 and stealing that record from the Bucks. That it was just prime Bears football right now is, you know what we can root for? We're only two weeks in. All this offseason hype about Fields taking the next step and the Bears maybe competing for an NFC North title. Two weeks in, it's, well, maybe they can set a record for, uh, for futility. Yeah, I, listen... I like Justin Fields a lot as a guy. I, I even, you know, think he's there's there's a ton of talent there, but I've never been like this is the dude. Um, it doesn't it was, help that Jordan Love is playing pretty well. I mean that that no, can't feel very good. No, that 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 was not pleasant to watch either. I think that's why Bears Nation just completely melted down because Aaron Rodgers is finally gone. And okay, okay, we're gonna beat the Packers. Oh no, we're not. And Jordan Love's going to look better than Fields. This is 
really miserable. I do like, though, Tyson Bajan, the secret Bajan man, um, the undrafted <laughs> rookie out of uh, – coming out of what a, how do i how am i forgetting shepherd university good in good old west uh, out how of are west you remembering i've never heard of shepherd <laughs> university in my life but i know dane brugler uh, and some other some other draft nicks were very high on him he's got the most passing yards and touchdown passes in college football history now granted he did it on the d2 level but the I, the guy looks fantastic uh in in his first preseason game and he's a better athlete than i thought he would be i like him uh, we'll we'll see at some point if he gets a chance this year, but with Fields playing the way he's going to play, he's going to be in harm's way a lot more. So they they just cut Nathan Peterman and elevated Bajan to the backup today, as if there wasn't enough going on there. So well, if you can't beat Nathan Peterman, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm like, just enough with the Peterman thing. Bajan's oh. ready, even if he's not ready. We don't need a Peterman. If Fields gets hurt, Bajan. And so they they did that today. Carm, I feel so bad for you and Bears fans. Again, the offseason hype was so loud. It was all about Fields taking the next step. And there's already talk about, let's see the backup quarterback two games in. Carm, we know what it's like here in Chiefs Kingdom. We had our stretch of, of Tyler Thigpins and Brody Croyles and then Kyle Orton. We, we've been there, man. So uh, we know what it's like. Oh, when, I, when I was doing radio in KC, Sterling, that was 09 to 11. And that was the – you could just watch the slow release of Matt Castle. Uh, if you sped it up, it looked like he was taking forever to get rid of the football. Of course, they did have a Todd Haley 10-6 and six season and went to the playoffs, and everyone was excited. Like, they have no chance. And then they got absolutely <laughs> wrecked by Baltimore. And I, I, I don't want to remember that memory. Uh, yeah. So what is your prediction for the game on Sunday? Uh, give us a final score and your star of the game from the Chicago Bears standpoint. So I'm going to be optimistic, and and I I do think the Bears are, with everything going on uh, with Fields, I'm going to say that the offense comes together a little bit and and they figure out a way to at least cover. Uh, So I like the Chiefs 31, uh, the Bears 20. It's a weak cover, but it's a cover. That's a cover, baby. That's a cover. Yeah, Who's going to step up and help the Bears get to 20? Is it a Justin Fields day? Is it a Herbert day, a DJ Moore I think Fields has a good day. Um, I think he ru- I think he runs for over, our, let's say, over eighty yards. Um, he should be able to do that in his sleep. And and I think DJ's in there too. And I'll, I'll stick with my guns. I think I think Robert Tunyon finds his way to the end zone once. Nice. All that happens, I'm going to score more than twenty. But I'll, uh, you know, oof. Well, thanks for being Miss Extra Point. Uh, also, yeah. shout out Carm. You got a nice little super chat. Appreciate you, Zach, out there. It says, Carm, you're the goat. So, congratulations. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate you, brother. And by the way, first time talking to you since you and I did a live stream full game of the Chiefs Steelers playoff game, where you and I decided, hey, this game's buns. Let's shotgun beers on air because we have nothing else to talk about. That I was so happy you were there that night, Sterling, because I was like, I got nothing to say. Let me just turn it over to this dude. And you just you just had you had every angle covered. It was awesome. And we had the beer counter going. We had the nice beer counter going. Uh, We needed it. We needed it. So uh, Carm, thanks so much for being with us again. Mark Carmen, you can follow him on Twitter at the Carm. Good luck on Sunday, brother. Back at you guys. Appreciate you having me. Anytime. Was that the, uh, that was Big Ben's last game.
right? Yes, it was. It was Big Ben's last game. The, in the-, the Nick Allegretti big band touchdown game, I believe. It was incredible. And Carmen and I, watching that beat down, eventually we're just sitting here going, well, we're done talking about the game. Let's just start chugging beers on a live stream. So me and Carm ended up having us a very good night. Uh, and of course, Casey Beerco was very generous and, and gave me a lot of beers. Uh, those are some, it ain't bush light over here. Uh, drink responsibly, everyone. But uh, it was a very fun time. We had a great time. It's good to be Arrowhead Addict. You know, we've got friends in, in Chicago. We've got friends in the beer industry. We've got friends all around. Let's move on to our final segment, the crowd-pleasing Casey stock market. So getting hurt is never a good thing. Especially, I feel for both him and you, because this is your guy, Richie James, but he has an MCL injury. Does not sound good. Probably going to take him a while to mend. But is there a silver lining here? Let's say the silver lining is it forces Andy Reid to do something he needs to do, which is slim the wide receiver rotation. Pump or dump? Um, I'm going to dump and it's not because I have this fascination with Richie James. And that was my whole off season chatter talk because he didn't really slim the wide receiver room. I get it. He's listed as a wide receiver in week one. He played a good amount of snaps week two. He hardly played at all. As far as snaps lining up offensively at wide receiver, he is your special teamer. He is your punt returner. I know he had a huge mistake dropping that ball, but the sun got in his eyes. It wasn't a full-on, what's going on? I have you know, buttered popcorn on my, on my fingers. Yeah, no, he didn't freeze it, and shit his pants. No, know. he just didn't see the rock. And that happens. We see it in baseball all the time. It's okay. That was a one-off to me. Also, the only noon game, which also I think might play a factor. So as far as the wide receiver room getting short up, I hope they only – they, they keep fewer guys or at least snap counts. I hope they, you know, play three or four guys, the majority, and, you know, just, just rotate one guy in here and there. Cause right now what they're doing, trying to split it five ways is not working, but I'm dumping because I don't think Richie James was going to be the answer for this. I'm going to pump. It just takes one option away from Andy Reed and playing a guy three snaps, nine snaps at receiver. It's absolute garbage. I mean, how can you expect that guy and his quarterback to get in the rhythm, to forge any chemistry. It's just ridiculous. No other team in the league, you know, who, who am I to second guess Andy Reid? But at the same time, I look at 31 other coaches and they are not doing this. They're not playing seven wide receivers. Most teams aren't even having seven uh, receivers active. Many of them have five receivers active. So it's a little bit of a head scratcher. My hope is that this is all sort of a prolonged audition with some new faces and so many young receivers that he doesn't just he doesn't know how the the room is going to shake out yet. Yeah, and he doesn't want to slam the door on on Rasheed Rice or Justin Ross, and he also doesn't want to throw them to the wolves. But I I do think, and I've been hard on him. Uh, Justin Watson is who I'm talking about. Uh, it's a little bit of a security blanket for Andy, and I think he performs well and kind of does his job. But he's he's very redundant to MVS. And I don't think he's a permanent solution. And I think eventually, Andy, you have to pull off the Band-Aid and play Rasheed Rice and Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore 
um, more more snaps. I just don't think Justin Watson and MBS fit together. You know, if you look at receivers who fit together, look at Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I mean, that's a match made in heaven. Uh, MBS and Justin Watson are basically the same dude. Yeah. Uh, angry drunken German with a great, great comment here. We slamming Bush light now. What? And if you know me, ADG Bush light has always been my light beer of choice. If I need a little, little light beer, Bush light is where I go. Uh, next one, Chris Jones rolled off the couch to have a league best 40.7% pass rush win rate. He might be the best defensive player in the league pumper dump. It's a light pump. I think he is in, let's call it a six pack of players. Him, Micah Parsons, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Aaron Donald, out of respect for the King. But what I think gives Chris Jones and Micah Parsons a little bit of an edge here is that you can move them around and do different things with them. And you used to be able to do that with Aaron Donald. I think you can when he's still playing at the top of his ability and physically, you know, 80% or more, but I, I think he's a little bit more versatile and, and so is Michael Parsons. So I think he, he has a case. He definitely has a case. It's hard for me to pick out those guys, all those guys, you turn on their game, they pop. And I don't think there's, that's the clear tier for me. Those, those six dudes. Yeah, um, I would agree as far as defensive linemen go. I, I TJ Watt uh, is in there. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned TJ Watt. It, I did. But yeah, TJ Watt. Yeah, for me, it's TJ Watt, um, Bosa, Donald, Jones, um, Miles Garrett, and then obviously Micah Parsons. Yeah, I, I think we're in the same page here. I think right now I can't go against Micah Parsons, man. Micah Parsons is unreal. And I do like the way the Cowboys use Micah Parsons. They basically say, hey, we know what you're best at. We're going to make sure that you are rested and ready to go on obvious passing downs because you are going to get after the quarterback. I hope the Chiefs do that a little bit with Chris Jones more as well. Almost make sure he's rested late in game so he can still get after the quarterback so he's not winded. Say, hey, we know it's obvious. Chris Jones, you're going in and you're going to be right here coming off of the edge we've seen it a little bit as he's progressed into his nfl career but i still want to see it more well it worked last week he played 51 percent of snaps and when he was in there he was winning yeah so uh and and parsons on the season his pass rush win rate is like 24 percent. obviously he does other things besides rush rush the passer uh and what chris jones did last week also isn't uh, sustainable but parsons man he has like this stutter step thing he does I've never seen a pass rusher do it before. Yeah. He is, he is kind of a one of one dude. And uh, I, I think just because he's kind of the face of the franchise down there in Dallas, I think CeeDee Lamb is amazing. So is Tony Pollard. Dak is, is competent. But I think because he is the face of the franchise, he has the inside track for that award. Yeah. Uh, let's move back to the – Go ahead. Really quickly. First off, a lot of Gary's in the chat. There's Gary Holland. There's Gary with the green. There's Gary with the purple. Appreciate all the Gary's and appreciate everyone out here in the chat. Uh, got this one from the purple Gary. Says, wasn't it a month ago where you were questioning McDuffie after the first preseason game and complaining about letting Ward go? You bet your ass I did. That was 100% me, and I owned that one purple Gary. Me, me, me too. Me too. He, 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 had a, he had a rough night that, that, that game, but, you know, a lot of players do. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't questioning McDuffie's long-term success. What I was questioning was, would he ever be elite with the lack of 
recovery ability because of these shorter arms. We saw what happened in the Super Bowl against A.J. Brown. We saw in that preseason game. But again, if you're not getting burnt, you don't have to worry about recovery. So yes, I did uh, say it about McDuffie. And I will always complain about letting Ward go because I love Javarius Ward. We've got some famous Garys in, in Chiefs Kingdom. We've got Gary Stills. We've got Gary Barbero. We've got Gary Glitter, who we had to get rid of the... Uh, you know, kind of a rock and roll part two as the chief song. That's that's why the Beastie Boys talk took over. We won't get into um, why that happened. It, it's why he's disgraced. It's kind of inappropriate for for any conversation. But uh, yeah, let's move on to the wide receiver room. Sky Moore is coming off his top game as a pro: seventy yards, a touchdown, and a game ceiling reception of fifty four yards. Where he kind of he kind of did the thing we're asking for. When a play got extended, he found the hole and made something happen, got on the same page with his cornerback. So we're saying he's turning the corner. Pump or dump? Yeah, I'm pumping this. I am. Sky Moore, I, I've been, I don't know why you're freaking out. I, I've been the focal point, the, the leader of stay calm, and Sky Moore is going to figure it out. I don't know if this game is the the full-on turning point for him, but I think he's headed in the right direction. I know he had a really bad week one. I get that, man. I understand. And I know his rookie year left a lot to be desired. Now, folks kept comparing him to George Pickens. The PFF numbers, I know, PFF numbers, taken with a grain of salt, all that stuff. I'm with you. We're actually higher than George Pickens last year. The difference was a lack of uh, snap count. That perception, be- perception, too. Yeah, I mean, Sky, Sky Moore was a guy who was pretty effective last year as a receiver in his limited action. I, I'm still in on Sky Moore. I'm not saying he's a wide receiver one. I'm not saying he's going for over 1,000 yards. You know this, Adam. I have that bet against you saying he's not going over a K. But I think he's a guy who could be ending this season with around 800 yards, 750 yards, and I would not be surprised at all. I do think he's making this nice progression. He's turning the corner. He's getting better. I'm starting to feel more and more comfortable with Sky. Just wait and see. He, he, he's going to be okay. Well, week one certainly didn't help that bet when you put a donut up. But I, I'm, I'm pumping here. Um, not, not the biggest pump I've ever had, but, but fairly confidently because I think Sky Moore, when a guy has, when a young guy has a game where, where he kind of just lays an egg, you really want to watch how he comes back. Does he have intestinal fortitude? Does he have some resolve? And I think Sky Moore has shown us a couple times that he can he can kind of hang in there, take his lumps, take some punch, roll with the punches, and and come back stronger. So I'm hoping that uh, this is it. I would like to see a little bit of a higher snap count, 58. percent If he's a starting receiver, got to got to get those numbers up. Those are rookie yeah. numbers, right? Oh, ah. Oh. <laughs> Gosh, we are very cheesy. But Jawan Taylor looked good in pass, bro, if you ignore the flags. After being out of the microscope in a weird way, he will recalibrate and be golden. Pumper dump. Man, he went into Jacksonville as a marked man. I think being an island game on opening night with everybody and their mother watching and Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico just would not shut the F up about it, right? You had... I mean, Chris Collinsworth said, oh, he looks like a slot receiver. No, he doesn't, dude. You have, you have tackles on almost every team in the league that bend the rules, whether it's fiddling with their back foot or lining up backwards or trying to cheat the snap count. It's become a pretty common thing. But because 
it was the Chiefs on opening night, a new player, and they talked about it ad nauseum. Now the entire league and all of football fandom knew about it. So, of course, coming into that game, they, they spread that uh, uh, teaching tape that our friend Matt Verderam reported uh, around the league and, and made an example of him. And I think they made an example of him on Sunday. So he was sitting there in his return to the, the, his first pro team where he played for four years in Jacksonville, really kind of getting into his head about, you know, timing the snap count, everything he does. I just think that was going to cause some issues for him. But he, but he actually had the best PFF grade pass blocking wise for the Chiefs. Outside of the penalties, I didn't think he looked that ter- terrible. I believe he will re- recalibrate. Uh, I'm just a pumping fool today. So I'm going to pump again here. Uh, I love what Elijah says in the chat. Says I don't care. That was a funny quip from uh, from Collinsworth. I thought it was hilarious, man. I, thought, it, it, I, I it, was laughing. You, yeah. Sometimes take your fandom out, and if that was said about a, another team, would you laugh? If the answer is yes, come on, it's funny. Uh, you got to laugh at yourself sometimes. Says just enforce it equally. I have no issue with it. Um, yeah, I'm with you there too. As long as it's enforced around the NFL, which it was last week, and it wasn't just Juwan Taylor getting flagged, it was the entire NFL talking to Kendall Gammon. You know, I talked to him on Monday, and he said he can almost guarantee you the refs came up to Juwan Taylor at some point and said, "Hey, man, you're too far back." They give you a warning, right? It's like if you get pulled over for speeding, sometimes you, you'll, you'll get a warning, but if you do it again, hey. You're, you're getting that speeding ticket, or in this case, you're going to get flagged. So he probably had a warning, and Jawan Taylor still did it. That's on Taylor. But I am with you. I think he actually looked better than people are giving him credit for. The yeah. penalties are just a massive issue. Uh, to me, the same thing with Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith has looked pretty good to me, but penalties have been an issue. It's interesting because you're sitting here saying, you can't have penalties as an offensive lineman. You just can't have this many, okay? This is bad. But the other part of me says, okay, but they've looked good besides that. Should we take this as a positive as in they probably won't have three penalties a game going forward. Let's take a look at the majority of the snaps. And the majority of the time, they are looking solid. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pump this one, but uh, Jawan Taylor does need to figure it out because three and four penalties a game, that ain't going to work. Yeah, Donovan Smith had one as well, but I want to take everybody, you know, kind of whisk everybody back in a time machine to last year this time. Andrew Wiley, Orlando Brown Jr. looked much worse than these guys do right now. Andy Heck, the offensive line coach and that staff and those linemen themselves, they kind of figured out they gelled towards the end of the season and looked fairly good in the playoffs, especially in the Super Bowl. There's a lack of continuity here, but there's no reason to panic. Patrick Mahomes, his pressure to sack rate is second lowest in the league. Only Jimmy Garoppolo, who we know that guy hears footsteps. He unloads the ball quicker than anybody we've ever seen. Uh, You know, takes less sacks. Basically Patrick Mahomes just doesn't take sacks. The fact that he's doing that with the way he invites pressure with two new tackles is completely insane. But uh, I, I just seemed like people were saying the sky is falling with Donovan and Juwan. And I, I think we've got a decent situation here that will keep getting better and kind of peak in the playoffs. Yeah. hundred percent with you. I'm, I'm not panicked at all. I, we knew it was going to take time. Um, it's the way it goes with an offensive line takes time for those guys to gel. Mahomes has had time. I think Mahomes has had more time this year than he did last year, J- just based on uh, the pocket. He, he's been scrambling for the pockets that are, that are clean. 
You know, and that to me is because the wide receivers aren't getting open or he's not liking what he's seen as far as the play developing. So he's going out of the pocket before he actually needs to. That to me is a good sign for the Chiefs O-line. Yeah, and he actually leads uh, the league in in scrambling D-Y-A-R, which is, uh, yeah, it's a somewhat effective stat and, and, and measuring that kind of thing. Um, I was pushing my glasses up. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very nerdy. But basically, we don't think of Mahomes as as much of a scrambler as some of his more athletic counterparts, right? The aforementioned Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson, Anthony Richardson. There's a whole host of guys, Kyler Murray, even. But his effectiveness to be able to pick and choose his spots, freeze defenders with his eyes. Uh, it's one of the things why I, I loved uh, going in shotgun on fourth and two and trusting your quarterback because he's so good at getting outside of structure, getting outside of the box and looking down a receiver and saying, dude, either you're going to come try to tackle me. And if you do that, I'm dumping it over your head or I'm, I'm running for this first down. It's like, how, how do you stop number 15 when he decides to do that? You, you don't. I know it was rhetorical, but I'll still answer. You don't. That, that's what I wanted. And we're going to end on that note because, you know, that that's what it's all about for the Chiefs. You do not stop number 15. That does it for today's show. Big props to the chat. We appreciate you guys being active and showing up every Wednesday. Before you roll out, do us a favor by liking this video, mash that like button, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I know there are people that watch this that haven't subscribed. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please do that. And if you're an audio listener, on Apple Podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating. That really helps us reach more fans. You can also ask a question. I know that that Patrick Allen likes to answer those questions on the show. We can try to do more of that if we see them. We will be back next Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Central, right here on the Arrowhead Attic YouTube channel. Until then, go Chiefs. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.